This program is made possible by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to Opening the Scriptures with Don Boyd. Hello and welcome to our program today. This is Don Boyd with the Blue Springs Church of Christ welcoming you to Opening the Scriptures. What we're going to do today is to finish our study in Daniel chapter 11 and then get into Daniel chapter 12. In Daniel chapter 11 again we're looking at the vision, the main portion of the vision here that Daniel received. We've got down to chapter 11 verses 36 through 39. Daniel chapter 11 verses 36 through 39. It says there, And the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that, for that, that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard of any God. For he shall magnify himself above all. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. There are two logical views as to whom this king may be. The first view is that it is Antiochus Epiphanes. Antiochus Epiphanes was a selfish man who did whatever pleased him, right or wrong. He claimed to be a god. In letters written to the Syrian people, he ordered them to deny their gods and proclaim him as a god. The inscription on his coins showed that he thought he was deity. The inscription reads, and I quote, of King Antiochus, God, manifest victory bearer, unquote. Antiochus was a godless man who worshipped himself and the gods of power. He devoted his time, energy, and riches into maintaining his power. He would prosper until God's indignation against his own people came to an end. The second view of whom this king is, is the Roman emperors. The Roman emperors, several of them, declared themselves to be deity, to maintain the vast domain of the empire. They devoted their time, energy, and riches into military forces. They also prospered, and their dominion did not end though when God's indignation against his people came to an end. So probably we're looking at Antiochus Epiphanes. Now in Daniel chapter 11 verses 40 through 45, we see the time of the end. Daniel chapter 11 verses 40 through 45. And we'll read those verses. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. 
Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to take, or excuse me, to make away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come up to his end, and none shall help him. Again, we have two logical views, the same as before, Antiochus Epiphanes and Rome. First of all, Antiochus Epiphanes. A summary of the career of Antiochus Epiphanes in which he fought against Egypt and against the Jews is what this may be talking about. As Antiochus was fighting against the Maccabeans in Judea, word came that there was trouble in Parthia and Armenia in the east and north of his empire. Antiochus left Judea for the troubled areas, and Lysias remained in Judea with orders to depopulate the region. Lysias was defeated by the Maccabees. Antiochus tried to plunder the temple of Nenea in Elamius and went to Babylon. From there he went to Persia, where he died a most horrible death. Now, considering Rome, the king of the south would have been the Egyptian armies and the battle led by Cleopatra, aided by Mark Antony, where Octavian defeated Antony and Cleopatra. They both committed suicide. The Romans took Palestine in 63 B.C. Some say that Rome failed to conquer Edom, Moab, and Ammon. Augustus moved into Egypt, and the whole country surrendered to him. The Romans feared the Gauls to the north and the Parthians to the east. And at the time of the end, <clears throat> then would be the destruction of Jerusalem by Rome. Now, concluding Daniel chapter 11, Daniel 11 is a more marvelous chapter in which we see the omniscience of God, his all-knowing power. God knows things intricately before they happen. We see the providential hand of God in delivering his people at just the right time in bringing the Messiah into the world. We serve a marvelous God. Now let's go to Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12 is the conclusion of the vision. As we come in our study to the last chapter of Daniel, we reach the conclusion which began back in Daniel chapter 10. Chapters 10 through 12 are all one event, remember, with chapter 10 being the introduction to the vision of what would happen to the Jews in the future. In Daniel chapter 10 and in verse 14, it says there, Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. In Daniel chapter 11, we saw the vision itself, and now in Daniel chapter 12, we come to the conclusion of the vision. In Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, we see that this is the conclusion of the vision. Daniel 12, 1 through 4. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, verse 4, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. 
Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, at that time refers back to what we just read, the time of the end. In Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 through 45. When the king of the north sets his palace between the seas and the holy mountain. That there is said in Daniel 11.45. Now Michael, it says, will stand up your prince. Michael being the archangel. We see in Jude verse 9, we have Michael mentioned. I want to read the verse. Jude verse 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Whenever you look up the word or the name Michael, it means who is like God, is what his name means. Now we also see that there would be a time of trouble that would occur. Now you may recall a time of trouble. This could be referring to the fact something like this example. Jesus stood when Stephen was killed yet did nothing to rescue him. You might recall that from Acts chapter 7 verses 54 through 60. Acts chapter 7 verse 54. After Stephen had told them a lesson in history and told them what they were like. It says, When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of, or on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon, the, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. In other words, he died. The time of trouble there mentioned in Daniel chapter 12 verses 1 through 4 would be for God's people. And it is as it said, such as never was since there was a nation. Now here we're probably looking at Rome in this aspect in that part of Daniel chapter 11. There were terrible clashes between the Romans and the Jews when the Romans occupied Palestine. And those clashes would result in the destruction of Jerusalem. The Lord used the same description for this destruction. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 15 through 21. Matthew chapter 24 verses 15 through 21. It says in those verses, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, place whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now I want to caution people right here. There are a lot of people talk about that this is these are signs for the end of time. You know, if these were signs for the end of time, what good would it do to flee into the mountains? What good would it do God's people to flee into the mountains if this was the end of the world? But this is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem that Daniel was speaking of. In verse 18, it says, Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child and to them who that give suck in those days. Again, if that was the end of the world, what would it matter? Now this is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Now verse 20. 
but pray that your flight would not be in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Again, it does not make sense that that would be the end of the world. But it could be, it does make sense that that is the destruction of Jerusalem because the winter would be cold and the Sabbath day, the gates of Jerusalem would be shut. Now verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor shall ever be. And then verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. Again, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. So we're looking at the same thing here. Now the prayers of the Christians were answered because the siege of Jerusalem took place during the feast of the Passover. And that is from the March-April time frame. God's people, though, it says, would be delivered. Everyone whose name was written in the book. Whose are the names who's written in the book? In Exodus 32, verses 32 through 33, we have the first mention there of God's book. Exodus 32, 32 and 33. This is Moses speaking to the Lord, praying for the people. And he says, Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. We come to the New Testament, to Philippians chapter 4, and look at verse 3. Philippians chapter 4, verse 3. Paul says, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, and with Clement also, and with my other, other my fellow helpers, whose names are in the book of life. So those who are written in the book are the, are the Christians that Jesus is talking about, that Daniel is talking about here. They are the Christians who escaped Jerusalem before it fell to the Romans. Josephus tells of the lifting of the siege for a short period. In his book, The Wars of the Jews, chapter 2.19.7, this is the quotation, and I quote, it then happened that Cestius was not conscious either how the besieged despaired of success, nor how courageous the people were for him. So he recalled his soldiers from the place, and by departing of any expectation of taking it, without having received any disgrace, he retired from the city without any reason in the world, unquote. Well, there was a reason, wasn't there? so that the Christians could escape. And Jesus gave his disciples many signs concerning the fall of Jerusalem, and those are found from Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 35. In verse 36 of Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35 is a transition and in verse 36, he began speaking of the second coming of Christ. Because we will notice just a few verses in Matthew 24 concerning the fall of Jerusalem. In verse 19, it says, Woe to them that give, are there with child, and to them that give suck in those days. Those days. That's referring to the fall of Jerusalem. Verse 22, except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Verse 34, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Everything that Jesus spoke from verse 3 down to verse 34 would happen in the generation that Jesus lived. 
that generation is when it would all happen. In verse 36, there's a change. It says in verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. What day is that? That is the day when he returns, the second coming of Christ. It is spoken of as that day. So there was a difference there in Matthew 24. Those are not signs for the end of the world. Those are signs for the destruction of the, world, of the Jerusalem. The destruction of the world will come at a time when that day happens, and that is a time which there are no signs for. It just says the days of Noah were, as he begins talking there in verse 37 of Matthew 24, he says, So also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, Noah was teaching the people, there's a flood coming, you need to repent and prepare for God. When was that flood coming? Noah didn't know and they didn't know. The New Testament tells us Jesus is coming back, the world is going to be destroyed, Second Peter chapter 3. You'll just read a whole chapter, it talks about the destruction of the world. The world is going to be destroyed. We know it's going to happen. We don't know when. Just as Noah didn't know when the flood was going to happen, but he prepared. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And we need to prepare our lives for the saving of our soul. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, now it talks about a resurrection. The resurrection here, and we'll read, read the verse, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. That is not the general resurrection at the end of the world, because it says many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Not all. This resurrection is speaking of the revival of Israel and God's plan for man's salvation through the church. This resurrection occurred when Jesus came and established his everlasting spiritual kingdom. That is the church. That is God's spiritual Israel. I want to look at a few verses now in the New Testament. First of all, Romans chapter 2 verses 28 and 29. Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. says, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. In other words, a physical Jew. He's not one. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. God's spiritual Israel today are those who obey. Those who obey. In Galatians chapter 6, look at verses 15 and 16. Galatians chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. It says there, but God forbid, or that's verse 14, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy upon the Israel of God. The Israel of God today is the church, those who obey. In Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 3. Philippians 3, 3. For we... He's talking to the church. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So the church is the Israel of God today. Now going back to Daniel 12 too, that some in this resurrection would be raised to everlasting life and others to everlasting contempt refers to the fact that some of the Jews of the physical nation of Israel would accept Christ and obey and become part of spiritual Israel, part of the church, while others would reject Christ and be spiritually 
dead. They would be to shame, raised to shame and everlasting contempt. Now in Daniel chapter 3, it mentions those who are wise. It says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Those that are wise refers to the physical Jews who listened to the visions of the book of Daniel and are faithful to God. They would receive the promise of eternal life. Their eternal reward is said to be as endless as the shining of the stars. Now in chapter 12, verse 4, Daniel is told to shut up the words. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Shut up the words means this is the conclusion of the vision. There was nothing more to reveal. Seal the book. Sealing the book was not meant to seal its contents, but to seal its meaning. The time of the end, the time of the end is when the words of the prophecy would be fulfilled. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Refers to the fact that many would search out the meaning of the prophecy, but its meaning will not be entirely known until the events take place. And Jesus gave his war followers warning about Daniel's prophecy in Matthew 24, as we've already looked at. Now, in Daniel chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, there are two persons that speak with this messenger that is giving Daniel this vision. Daniel 12, 5 and 6. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? These are probably two angels that are speaking to the heavenly messenger who told the vision and the messenger was over the Tigris River if you recall from former lessons back in chapter 10 and they ask how long how long shall it be to the end of these wonders now let's look at the answer that is given the time of the fulfillment of the prophecy that was given, and this is Daniel chapter 12, verse 7. It says, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, that it shall be for a time, times, and an half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Now I want to read two other versions or portion of two other versions where it talks about the time, the times, and the half. The American Standard Version, it says it shall be for a time, times, and a half. And when they have made an end of breaking in pieces the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. At the same place in, the, in that verse, I want to read to you the New King James Version. It says there that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. The event which took place that shattered the power of the holy people was the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in A.D. 70. The temple and all the genealogies of the Jews were destroyed at that time. Now, remember that whenever the Babylonian captivity occurred, they still had all of the records. 
they still had all of the records of who the priests were and where the different tribes or the families of the tribes would possess in the land of Israel. Now that's what the books of First Chronicles and Second Chronicles include for us. They still had the records. But when the destruction of Jerusalem took place, there were no records of who the priest would be. They did not know who was from the tribe of Levi. There were no records of who would have each area, you know, the inheritance of the various tribes in the land of Israel. They no longer knew. Today, they, they of Israel do not know of whose tribe they are because all of those records were destroyed in A.D. 70. The Jewish nation there was the holy people, but it came to an end. The Jewish nation, the nation of Israel, is no longer God's chosen people. The chosen people of God today are spiritual Israel. As we've already seen, spiritual Israel is the church. Now Daniel questions the messenger of the details of the vision. He is questioning him in verses 8 through 12. We'll read the verses and then we will go over some. In verse 8, it says, I, And I heard, but I understood not. And then said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Daniel is wondering, what is, what's this going to be? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Verse 11, And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth, and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. All right, Daniel didn't understand all that he heard, as he said there in verse 8. I heard, but I understood not. The response here of the heavenly messenger was one of comfort and encouragement to Daniel. Now in verse 10, we see the difference between those with understanding and those that are wicked. We will reread that verse. Verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. <clears throat> That's talking about the wise, those who are obedient to God. <clears throat> but the wicked shall do wickedly. In other words, they're not going to change. They're just going to keep doing wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. In Revelation chapter 22 and in verse 11, we see the same thing. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. It says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. People are going to do what they want to do. People are going to remain faithful regardless of the circumstances they find themselves in if they're going to be faithful to God. And people are going to stay wicked if they don't care about God. During the times of persecution and trial against God people, God's people, they're going to be worldly people who smell blood, just like animals, the wild animals do whenever they smell blood. They become even more evil than otherwise they would have been. So they're smelling blood. You think about the times 
and we're looking here at the time between the time the sacrifice was taken away during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes and till the time of the end there whenever the Romans destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And during all of that time, there were those who were wicked. You think about those during the times of the Roman persecution. There were those who were smelling blood, as we said a while ago. They were persecuting Christians. They wanted to eliminate Christianity. But even in all of that, God is in control. And the wise understand that. The wise understand that God is in control and God will always be in control. Now in Daniel chapter 11, excuse me, 12 verses 11 and 12, again we will read these numbers, these verses again, verses 11 and 12. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. Again, that is the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, whenever he sacrificed swine in the temple. And, you know, trying to think of the word that I'm trying to, desecrated is the word I'm trying to think of, the temple. And the abomination that maketh desolate set up, that was A.D. 70, whenever the Roman army conquered Jerusalem. It says there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. And verse 12, Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. Now from the setting up of the abomination, you know, the end of the daily sacrifice and the destruction of the temple in AD 70, we're looking at a figurative 1,290 days. 1,290 days is 30 days longer than 1,260 days. Now why do I mention 1,260 days? That is three and a half. That would be three and a half years. That would be a time, times, and half a time. That would be three and a half or 1,260 days. A period of persecution of God's people, that would end, is what we're looking at there. And then there's 1,290 days being 30 days longer than that. The Jews had a 360-day year. And every three years they would add 30 days to the calendar to bring them in line with the solar year. The month of 2nd Adar or Viadar was the one that was added. In that year, three and a half years would be recorded as three years and seven months instead of three years and six months. What Daniel is being told here symbolically through numbers is that the oppressor's power is limited. It is limited. Three and a half is also half of seven. Seven being the complete number. So three and a half is an incomplete number. Now, the 1,335 days, that's 45 days longer, symbolizes a state of blessedness. Again, this is symbolic. Daniel then is being comforted through this number because he's just heard that his people are going to be destroyed. And Daniel is being told by numbers to be faithful. Let's look at it this way. The 1,290 days are like the long tunnel. The 1,335 days are like the light at the end of the tunnel. All this is going to come to an end. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and in numbers it's 1,335 days. So Daniel is being comforted through this. 
Now in Daniel chapter 12, verse 13, it says, Go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest, and stand in thy lot at the end of days. Daniel is told a few things here. First of all, he is told to go thy way till the time of the end be. And he says, for thou shalt rest. In other words, Daniel was going to die. Daniel would rest. Daniel would stand up in his lot, which means that he would be resurrected and he would receive an inheritance at the end of days. At the end of days. The book of Daniel is one of the most intriguing books ever written. When we look at the first six chapters of Daniel in kind of a summary here, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel would not allow himself to be defiled. Daniel, from the time he was young, made it his lot in life that he would not defile himself, that he would be faithful to God. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Again, in the lesson we gave on Daniel 1, Daniel was probably a teenager at that time. Our young people need to make their lives dedicated to God while they are young. As Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. You remember him then, because there are days coming. You are going to be tried, just as Daniel and you are going to have to stand on your own faith. You can't stand on the faith of mom and dad. You have to have your own faith. And Daniel stood upon his own faith. And because of that, Daniel would not defile himself, neither would Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they did not defile themselves either. And then verse 17 of Daniel 1 says, And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God blessed them because they would not defile themselves. You recall in Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar had his great dream. And Daniel came in and was able to interpret that dream. The head of gold, the shoulders and breast of silver, the bellies of bronze, and then the legs of iron. And Nebuchadnezzar was seeing the future. He saw the future. Daniel told him he himself was that head of gold. Then a lesser kingdom, the silver, the Medo-Persian kingdom, then a lesser kingdom, the bronze kingdom, the Grecian kingdom, and then the Roman kingdom. God was allowing Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel as well to see the next, or the four world powers, Babylon, and then the next three that came. And then a great promise was made. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, there in the days of the Roman kings, it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. 
What was the kingdom that God established in the days of the Roman kings? It was the church. God established his kingdom, the church, in the days of the Roman kings, and that kingdom <clears throat> will never be destroyed. That kingdom will be delivered up to the Father, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24 says, Then cometh the end when he, he being Christ, the one that is reigning over his kingdom now, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. <clears throat> Notice verse 25. For he, or Christ, must reign, till he hath put all enemies under his feet, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So Christ is reigning now over his kingdom that was set up in the times of the Roman kings, the church. And he will deliver up the church, the kingdom to God on the last day, because death will be destroyed on the day of resurrection. Christ is reigning now. In Daniel chapter 3, we saw the faith of three young Hebrew men. The faith in God that they would not worship any other God than the God of heaven. We saw the wrath of man, the wrath of Nebuchadnezzar, whenever those three young men refused to bow down to his idol. In verses 16 through 18, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. We are not going to worship your image, and if God wants to, he can deliver us, and if not, we're still not going to worship your image because there's only one God, and that is Jehovah God. Allah is not a God. The gods of the Hindu religion are not gods. The gods of the atheistic religion are not gods, and you may wonder, who are the gods of the atheistic religion? They are. They worship themselves. They worship evolution. They set up that God. But these three young Hebrew men went into a burning, fiery furnace to, to stay faithful to God. And God did deliver them. God did deliver them. But he said, even if God doesn't, he's still going to take us out of your hand. There's only, you, you know, they could not do any more to those young men than kill them. Then they were taken out of his hand. There was nothing else. In Daniel chapter 4, we saw there humility from a man that was proud. Nebuchadnezzar was a proud man, and God caused him to have the heart of the beast. And then Nebuchadnezzar finally realized there is only one God. He is the God of heaven. And he then said he worshiped the God of heaven. In Daniel chapter 5, the writing on the wall, the day that the nation of Babylon was conquered, Belshazzar, being the last king, saw the writing of the fingers on the wall, and Daniel interpreted that for him. And his nation, the nation of Babylon, was conquered that night by the Medes and the Persians. In Daniel chapter 6, we saw Daniel still being faithful to God. When the decree was made that no supplication or prayer would be made to anything or any God except the king, Daniel didn't hide in a corner. Daniel still opened up his windows toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. Though he was cast into a den of lions, God delivered him. But it would have been the same 
if Daniel had been eaten by those lions, Daniel would still receive his reward because he would have been faithful unto death, but God delivered him. In Daniel chapter 7, we saw the vision of the four beasts referring back then again to those four world powers. In Daniel chapter 8, we saw an in-depth look there at the Medo-Persian Empire and the Grecian Empire. In Daniel chapter 9, we saw Daniel's prayer and the 70 weeks foretold. And in Daniel chapters 10 through 11, or 10 through 12, the vision. Daniel chapter 12, or those verses contain some mysterious things we're not certain of, especially there in Daniel 12. But it does contain several practical principles and truths. Number one, those who will be saved are written in God's book of life. Number two, just as in the figurative re resurrection, so in the final resurrection. We will either be raised to everlasting life or everlasting contempt. Number three, God has providentially preserved his word and providentially prepared the world for the coming of the Savior. Number four, God can see the future as clearly as the past. And number five, God is faithful to his promises. He will reward those who diligently serve him. I hope you have enjoyed our study of the book of Daniel. It is such a wonderful book to study. Lord willing, next time we want to begin a study in the book of Revelation. After studying Ezekiel and Daniel and all of the symbols and symbolic things that took place, it should, it should prepare us now for looking at the book of Revelation. Lord willing, we will start that next time. Again, this is Don Boyd with the Blue Springs Church of Christ. I want to thank you for being with us today. If you're ever in the Blue Springs area, and I know I mention this each time, but you are always welcome to be with us, on, to worship, worship our God with us. We meet on Sunday morning at 9.30 for Bible class and 10.30 for worship. I guess I better tell you where we're located. We're located at 1000 Southwest Clark Road in Blue Springs, Missouri. We also meet Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for a worship service. On Wednesday evenings, we meet at 7 o'clock for Bible classes for all ages and in a short devotional period. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to being with you next time. When you're in Moody, Missouri, you're invited to visit the Moody Church of Christ, located on Highway E in Moody, Missouri. The congregation there meets on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Bible class, 11 a.m. for worship, and then again at 6 p.m. for Sunday evening worship. They also meet at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night for Bible study. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Wave Media by visiting us at BibleWaveMedia.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We thank you for listening.